Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. This have achieved something good. I'll tell you what they've achieved. They've achieved something absolutely rotten. Then I just tell you, don't ask me yet. Turn around. Go back that way. Bye. See you. Hard to take. Don't think we deserve to lose that. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I cannot believe that somebody awarded him the man of the match. That was a total and absolute disgrace. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. Hello and welcome along to episode 4 of My Worst Today with myself, David Sheehan, the podcast which looks at the times when things didn't quite go to plan for local sports people and discusses how they reacted to those setbacks. So far on the series, I've spoken to Meath manager Andy McEntee, former Louth captain Adrian Reid, and Drogheda United manager Tim Clancy. Now, all three men had a wide variety of negative experiences to talk about, and it was really interesting to hear how they all dealt with adversity in different ways. All of those interviews are available on the LMFM website, the LMFM app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our guest on today's show is former Ireland Rugby International Jackie Shields. As many of you will know, Jackie is an accomplished sports person across a wide variety of sports. She represented Ireland at soccer and basketball, played Gaelic football for Meath, and in recent years helped Simonstown to win back-to-back senior titles in Meath. So here it is, episode four of My Worst Day with Jackie Shields. So Jackie, the the three episodes we've done so far, the lads have all kind of talked about, usually revolves around a, a game uh, or something that happened in a game. Tim Clancy's case, it was a game that they won, but he, he wasn't happy with how he played. And then Andy McIntyre had several examples of games where Meath were beaten or his club that he was involved with at a time lost. The same with Adrian Reid between Louth and his club. It was all around matches and the outcome of matches. But yours is, is something slightly different again. You might, you might tell people what happened. Yeah, I suppose... I've had ups and downs in sport. Uh, we've won games, we've lost games, but I'd say that the worst day, I suppose, for me personally, from a sporting point of view, was <laughs> actually I remember the date and everything. It was the 2nd of January and it was 2017, and I got a phone call from Tom Tierney, who was the then Irish uh, manager for rugby, and we kind of knew that selection was happening, so we were expecting the phone call in some respect, but um, I wasn't expecting the phone call I got, which was basically that I wasn't going to be involved in the training squad for the 2017 Six Nations, which obviously was the same year as the 2017 World Cup. And I suppose being in the game as long as I was, I kind of knew that that wasn't a good sign. Um, I kind of always, I'm, I can usually kind of guess if I'm in or in around selection process, but I had been involved in 2015, 2016, and I'd also been involved in the November series in 2016. So not to make the extended squad for the World for the Six Nations 2017 came as a bit of a shock. So... Yeah, 2nd of January 2017 was the day that I kind of remember 
And I always remember because my birthday's New Year's Day, so it kind of sticks with me. <laughs> right, yeah, it's an easy one to remember for you then. And, I mean, I guess there's a few kind of facets to this because, obviously, first of all, I don't know if, did, did you, first of all, think that, the, did you think that that was the end of your, your Ireland career or did you did you think that you might get back in? Was that What was the first kind of thing that came into your head when you heard you weren't going to be in the squad? Well, uh, I suppose I I'd lived in the UK and I'd moved back at the September 2016 with, I suppose, in mind that that was going to be my, my last go, f- like my last hurrah, I suppose. The World Cup 2017 was what I was aiming for. I would have been um, 32 at the time. So I knew that I wasn't going to go much longer than that, especially in women's rugby. So I moved back at September 2016 with all intents uh, of being involved in the World Cup. I joined Old Belvedere and I, and I had a pretty good season for them that year. Um, so when I was involved in November series and I was involved in the squad, the match day squads for the three games, I suppose I was, you know, I, I knew I wasn't starting and that was difficult enough, but I was in the squad, so that was a good sign. And then when the January comes around, they usually extend the squad to about 32 or 34. So being a math teacher, I kind of said, well, if I made the 26 for the previous tournament, I should be OK for the 32 or 34. So. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock that I wasn't even involved in the extended squad. I knew it would be a fight to be involved in the World Cup team and I was willing to have that fight. But not to be involved in the in the Six Nations was a bit of a blow. And from the conversation I had with Tom that day, I could sense that it didn't really matter what I was going to do. He kind of had his mind made up because I asked those questions, you know, about would he be at the AIL games and where are we going to continue to have skill sessions on a Monday and... You know, what did I have to do to kind of get myself back in there? And none of his answers were that, I suppose, none of his answers filled me with confidence that there wasn't, that there was anything I really could have done. Because ironically, I actually, I actually got player of the year for Old Belvedere that year and we got to the AL Cup final. Um, but I'm not even sure if he was at it, so. <laughs> right. And, you know, what you're saying there, I mean, that's the natural reaction, I guess, for anybody in terms of, you know, well, how do I how do I kind of turn this around? But how did he how did he kind of break it to you? Because I guess another aspect of this is, and I've, I've seen it over the years with, with various players on county panels, and I'm kind of sometimes taken aback by how brutal it is in terms of sometimes they don't even get, they don't even get a phone call from the manager. It might be a text message. It might be a phone call from one of the backroom team. And there always seems to me to be a big lack of respect shown to players sometimes. But I mean, you were obviously given the, 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 um, the courtesy of a phone call, but what, you know, how did he kind of phrase it? Was it, was it kind of fairly cold and clean or did he, did he kind of try and soften the blow a little bit? It's, I'm just interested in how these conversations go. Um, well, yes, yeah, like obviously I've been involved in sport a long time, but I've never really been one for deep and meaningful things with coaches. I kind of, you know, if I get picked, I get picked. And if I don't, I don't get picked. I've I've kind of always based it on, on my own ability. So I'm not really one for having, you know, some players love to have those private conversations with managers or private conversations with coaches about things. And it never was my style. So when the phone rang, you know, I was expecting a phone call because usually it's around that time we get a, we usually get an email or a phone call so I wasn't alarmed that I got a phone call um, so when he started chatting away to me it was it was all quite pleasant and then he just pretty much said um, we're going to go with one of the sevens girls as a 12 option so you're not in the squad um, and that was pretty much it um, so I said there's not a lot you can say back I, I've kind of always realised when a coach has their mind made up hmm. there's nothing you can say it's going to change it apart from playing so I didn't ask, you know, what it, it wasn't about having a conversation about what to change it there and then. It was more a case of, well, right, what do I have to do? 
you know, I said, look, you know, will, will there be skill sessions on the Monday, which we had had? And he said, no, they were stopping. So that was a disappointing thing to hear. And then I said, right, well, will you be at our games? And he said, yeah, I know I'll get access to them. So I was like, fine, that's all I can really do. So, yeah, that was it. A sevens girl was coming in. They were being paid to train and they weren't playing 15s rugby, but that's who they thought was another option for the sevens, for the for the 12 shirt. And it wasn't me. So, yeah, like I was a bit disappointed. Obviously, not not a bit disappointed. I was very disappointed. I was actually on my holidays in, in uh, Portugal at the time. So kind of had a f- moment to myself. And then I said, right, look, I'll enjoy the rest of the holiday and I'll just get back into it and see what happens. And it was actually about a week or two later that I said you know what I'll do is I'll just pin an, e- an email to Tom and to Anthony Eddie at the time so I, I just sent an email and kind of in the email like I said obviously I was very disappointed you know not to make the extended squad because at that point I f- felt I had a lot to offer and I was competitive in my position but I obviously understood that you know it was their call to make the decisions and then I had uh, arranged in that space to go to Canada to play rugby for the summer because I just didn't want to be around Ireland. Yeah, so I just sent an email. I said I'd be in Canada. You know, I'd be fit to play if someone got injured or if they needed numbers. But if they didn't, obviously, the best. Of, I wish them the best of luck in the World Cup and time to thank them for the their time. Sent the email. Sure, never got a reply. Never got an out of office. Never got a thank you. Nothing. Just that was it. Eight years of playing for your country and it was done. So. Yeah, and that's the, I suppose that's the thing that I was kind of getting at a little bit earlier on, and I didn't actually know that. I think I, I think I do remember you telling me this before. All right, but um, this kind of this kind of sort of situation where you've, as you say, you've put in a bit of time. I mean, it would have taken five minutes for for somebody to just reply and say, "Yeah, look, thanks for thanks for letting us know, and we'll keep an eye on yeah. it and whatever." But is it? And and it's not it's not a lot to ask, surely for for a bit of a bit of courtesy. But did did that? Did that kind of thing more so than like the fact you were obviously dropped would have would have hurt you a little bit? But does does that sort of lack of of a response kind of really stick in your craw a little bit more than the fact that you were dropped in the first place? Because obviously you're a realist and you know, as you said earlier, the coaches make decisions. But the fact that somebody could, didn't kind of take the time to come back to you is, would that kind of rankle with you a little bit afterwards? Yeah, like of course it does. You know, especially I suppose I played a lot of my rugby in the UK, which is probably why. I had a different relationship with, with the IRFU and a different relationship with the coaches. You know, I didn't see them on a weekly basis. So I'm sure they saw me like a bit of a blow in. And so that was one aspect, you know, as other players seemed to get slightly different treatment. But that didn't really ever phase me. I just kind of, you know, came in, I trained as hard as I could. When I got the game time, I did the best I could. And I didn't get the game time. I was disappointed, but I was there for the squad. So, yeah, like I suppose where my issue was, um, it wouldn't have taken a lot to send an email but I suppose one of the reasons why I wasn't an angry person or I wasn't, you know, I didn't get really heated up about it was I did everything I could do. Like when I started playing rugby, it was at the back of playing Gaelic football and it was just for the fun of it. Um, I never thought it'd be something that I would have got to play for my country for. And I suppose when I look back, you know, I kind of ended my career in better shape than I started it. I always laugh like I'm probably in better shape now than I was even back then as I got older. So when I came back to Ireland and was going to give it one more go, I spent you know the, the 12 months before that, I worked really hard to get fitter and to get better at rugby and to make sure that I wasn't just a one-trick pony. When I first started playing rugby, you know, I was a bit chunkier and I was much more of a crash 12. And then as the game developed or as competition developed, I tried to develop my game so I could become a more of a passing option or whatever they needed. So when I didn't make the Irish squad as disappointed as I was, the one thing I could kind of stand by was I wasn't angry at myself for not doing what I could do. 
you know, I made sure that I worked hard on my fitness, I worked hard on my training and when they didn't pick me, it wasn't because I had done something wrong, it was their choice. So, yeah, I was disappointed and I was frustrated, but I didn't, it didn't, I didn't dwell in it for too, too long and I just moved on with it really. Mm. And is that how you kind of would have dealt? I mean, we, we kind of um, mentioned it in the introduction there, like you, you've represented Ireland, I think at basketball and soccer, you've played football for me. You've obviously represented Simonstown to the two seniors the last couple of years. Um, and I think you, you also, I saw somewhere that you represented Ireland in an international rules series years ago as well. So you've obviously represented um, lots of teams and, and had lots of different setbacks in your career. Did you, you know, you said there you didn't dwell on it. Is that something that maybe you would have done like if it was earlier in your career you might have found it harder to deal with is is it easier did you think when you get a little bit older and you have a bit more experience to kind of brush these things off because everyone is different and as I said the guys we've spoken to on, on the show before have handled those sort of setbacks differently some people dwell on them a little bit other people don't but you know do you think you you have learned over the years to kind of to to as you say, it's the old kind of cliche, control the controllables. You did all you could, so after that, there's not much more you can do, and it's it's easier to move on then in that case. Yeah, like definitely age uh, played a part in it, you know. But I also think it was the game, uh, you know, if you chat to my mum about my Gaelic, ever since I started playing Gaelic football, and more so when I, kind of would say, back before rugby, when I played Gaelic, you know, at under 12, 14, 16, minor and senior for me, you know, and if you talk to any of the Mead players I played with, I probably was slightly, I would say confident, some might say arrogant back then, but, you know, if Mead lost by a point after the game, I'd be given out because I missed a point. Or if Mead lost by, you know, a goal, I'd be given out because I missed something. It was always, my mum would always have to say to me, Jesus, no, this, sorry, excuse me, but she'd say, there's more than you on the pitch, mm. you know, don't take the blame. But with, when it was Gaelic football back then, I always would, you know, I I dwell in it because I knew that I was the forward, I was there to score, so I take a lot of responsibility. Even though I had like super players around me all the time, I would always dwell on the Gaelic situation because I had a lot of confidence in myself before Ga- rugby when I played Gaelic. But when it came to rugby, it's such a different game that, you know, what a manager thinks the players don't always think the same. Like I knew for myself that on the pitch, the girls around me were very confident. And I knew that I did the job that they needed me to do. But I wasn't a standout rugby player. I was a, I, I fitted into a, a team in rugby. Whereas, you know, with Gaelic, I, I knew that if, you know, if we were a point down, I was, give me the ball. Listen now, before before Gaelic, before rugby, sorry. I'm not so much, give me the ball now. Mm. Especially <laughs> with players like the Kelty Nesbitts and the Kelly Harristers playing for Simonson. But back in the day, I knew that if we needed a point, I wanted to be the one to get the point. But with rugby, I wasn't like that. I was very much, okay, you've got Ali Miller on the wing or you've got, you know, you've got forwards who can who can maul a ball over the line. So I just did my job. So, yeah, when it came to the Gaelic, I would have dwelled a lot when we lost games in my youth. But with rugby, it's, it's I think it's much more of a team game. Things don't factor if each person doesn't do their job. So, as I said, I knew I'd done everything I could. It's just a, a managerial selection. He didn't He didn't see me being the player for that position. Do I think I could have competed with the player? Yes, I do. Um, would I have liked the chance? Yes, I would. But do I sit and dwell about it? No, I don't, <laughs> you know, because these things happen. And I suppose the most ironic part about it was after that decision, I obviously watched the World Cup in 2017. And the funniest thing was people would ring me and say, oh, I bet you're glad you're not there. And I was hmm. like, no way. Like, I would love to have been there. I know it was a disappointing tournament for Ireland, but I would have loved to have been part of that squad and had a chance to play at a home World Cup. But it wasn't for me. And... Yeah, I missed out and I was disappointed, but I, I don't dwell on it, no, not at all. But as I, I said, the Gaelic I would have dwelled back in the day. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how, how you kind of react differently to different situations. But when you, you talk about the, the fact that you were away on holidays when you got that news, did you um, did you speak to any of the, the other girls in the squad about it? Or, you know, would you be the sort of person that, that would kind of be talking these things out and, and trying to figure it out in your own head? Or, or would you would you kind of more or less keep that to yourself and, and just like, as you said, you sent the mail, you sent the email to the, to the coaches. But would you have spoken to any of your teammates about it and tried to kind of rationalize it that way? Or would you just kind of suck it up and, and keep it to yourself and get on with it? Yeah, like so. Obviously, you know, we kind of all knew that there'd usually be the day of selection. You'd all get the, did you get an email? Did you get a phone call? And you kind of knew if you know, kind of knew what was going on. Like if if you didn't hear, it was probably good news. If you had heard, it was probably bad news. So, I would say at the time, um, the only players I probably would have contacted, I would have contacted Ali Miller. You know, when Ali would have sent back something, she was always kind of. Ali would always say she had a kind of a comment. She'd say, "You kind of." were the most underrated player I ever played which said you never got the game time but that's Ali she kind of said the same thing to a few people but Ali used to always laugh because she said when I was on the pitch you would get more ball so I would have rang her and she would have been very surprised and disappointed for me but she doesn't make decisions and then I, the other player I probably would have confided in quite a bit was Fiona Coughlin and I liked Fee because she's fairly blunt about things you know so as I've said Fee would have probably said to me look you know you might not always have been starting 12 but you're always a good player to have in the squad so she was also surprised um, but that's about it that's pretty much as much as I would have said maybe those two or three players and then I decided then you know a week or two later I, I sent a WhatsApp into the WhatsApp group the whole squad was on and I just said you know obviously that I hadn't been I'll call back into the training squad but that I've had some really good times with Ireland and some really bad times with Ireland but they were all you know memories that I'll cherish forever and I love playing for Ireland but that obviously I was going to leave the group because I was no longer involved in the team so I wished them all the best for 2017 and then I just left the group and quite a few of the girls then obviously messaged me privately and said that they were very surprised and you know that they were disappointed and shocked that I wasn't involved in the squad and that they you know hoped I'd make a way back into the squad before the World Cup and but obviously like you know I didn't so these things happen. 
One of the things that comes to mind when you're talking about that there is uh, something we hear about a lot in, in sport, especially as, as players get a little bit older, is the fact that they don't get, rarely anyway, get the opportunity to go out as they would like. So you had the likes of Brian O'Driscoll, who obviously had a fairy tale end to a fairy tale career, really. Um, but a lot of other people, the likes of Paul O'Connell, obviously his career was, was brought to an end with injury at the World Cup there. And a lot of other players, similarly, you know, whether they get injured or whether they get dropped, their career kind of comes to an end maybe sooner than they would have expected. So do you do you remember your, your last game for Ireland? And would you have looked? Would you would you have treated that game differently if you knew it was your last your last uh, performance in an Ireland shirt? Yeah, so like <laughs> to, to even be, to to mention me in line with those people is is quite exciting. But um, yeah, look, I suppose I I knew when my rugby career had ended in England because I'd made a decision to move home to Ireland. So that was it. And my last season for for Richmond couldn't have gone any better. Like we won the league and we won the cup, and I was captain. So like that was the fairy tale that you know anybody would ask for. Um, when it came to Ireland, um, although I played a lot of seasons for Ireland. Um, I probably wasn't. I had I had one season, 2015, when we won the Six Nation, where I was you know, starting 12, you know. But apart from that, I was very much, I suppose, being a backup 15 to Neve Briggs, who was the captain, and being a backup 12 at times and a 10. It kind of it was difficult to cement my place in there. So I wouldn't have been a a well known Irish rugby player, I suppose. I was always there, thereabouts. Um, so when 2016 came and the Six Nation didn't go as planned, and then we had the Autumn Series, and I got called in. We played them. Um, uh, we played England, Canada and New Zealand and to be honest it was a pretty dismal performance from Ireland that season we we played those three autumn series and we we had I think eight or ten new caps in the whole tournament and it was a disappointing tournament for or not tournament, disappointing competition for Ireland and I kind of had felt that things weren't going my way kind of that year, I kind of the year before I'd started 12 and suddenly I wasn't even kind of getting much game time so you get used to coaches and you kind of can sense something and I sense things weren't going great so when that autumn series came I think I said to mam like I said I I, I just don't know I just don't know if I'll make it next year you know I was just worried and so when those games happened you know I would have loved to have done something different but again I was on the bench and he didn't choose to use me in one of them and then my last ever game was against New Zealand so that was quite an amazing experience to stand out there against the All Blacks um, and watch them do the hacker was 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 nice and uh, experience I won't forget. But the game itself, when we got beaten by the All Blacks, is one I I don't mind forgetting. But yeah, no, would I have done anything different? There's not a lot you can do different because you know unless you can't really change the game when it's happening. So no, it's nothing really would have changed. I probably would have got maybe a few more photographs after the game with my parents, but apart from that, no. Yeah, and I guess that's the kind of thing I was talking about. Obviously the game took on life its own, but I guess when when you're when the final whistle goes, if you're standing there and you know this is this is my last performance in an Ireland jersey, I guess that's the sort of thing and it's a small thing in some ways, but it, it would have been a nice kind of um way to kind of bring things to a close and you would have known yourself rather than the way it happened. And as I said, like it's mm. it's rare in sport in any in any sport that lads get or, or girls or whoever it is gets to bring the curtain down the way they would like but as mm. I suppose as I, as you touched on there that's the it's the little kind of personal things that you would have been able to do whether it was taking one last look around the place or you know um, having a few photographs with the parents or whatever so they're the, the little things that maybe you would have you would have been able to do had, had you known yeah. yeah I probably would like you know after that game I probably did my normal thing we probably all got off the pitch fairly quickly and because we didn't do very well we probably you know showered and 
had her after match meal and we probably went our separate ways and I suppose had I known it was probably the last time maybe I would have hung around a bit longer and maybe got a few more pictures with the girls and made a few more memories but oh, sure look hindsight's a great thing and you know and, and these things happen and they probably happen for a reason that's what I've always been told things happen for a reason so yeah, look, it, it happened and I have a great picture from that game where I got absolutely steamrolled by some massive Kiwi girl and I have a great picture that I love looking at. I got her down now, but it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> I'm sure it was my screensaver for a while. That's the main thing. You, 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 yeah. you brought her to ground anyway. Um, I'll send you that picture if you want. <laughs> do. I'd be very interested to have a look at it. We can we can stick it up on our social media when, when the interview is yeah. done. And just, yeah. just kind of finally to kind of maybe wrap things up a little bit, we, we kind of the whole point of doing this series was maybe to not not to just drag people down a, a, a dark a dark memory lane where, where things didn't go right or whatever. But it's it is, I guess from my point of view and, and from people listening in, it's interesting to hear how people deal with things and how they how they learn from these kind of adver, ad, adversity or adversarial situations. I suppose if you wanted to put it that way, but. Before we just touch on that, just in, in broader terms, like you, you touched on the fact there that you played Gaelic football up until a certain point, then you got into the rugby. What did you know? Was there anything that kind of you you learned from rugby, or anything you learned about yourself from the experience of playing club rugby, playing for Ireland for all those years? Because obviously they're two different sports. And you said yourself when you when you started playing first, you were very much a, a kind of a crash ball sort of a player, but you kind of you developed from there. But what did you kind of learn, if not too kind of philosophical question about yourself, and what kind of uh, skills did you did you pick up from rugby over the years? Uh, well, I'd say you know I I'd say now when I play when I play Gaelic now. Um, obviously I'm a lot older and I probably wouldn't have the the ability that I had when I was younger so I'm I'm probably a bit more crafty and I think rugby made me a bit craftier that the thing about the thing about the thing about rugby I suppose that is great is that no matter how good you are as an individual unless you know your front row are doing their job and your second row are doing their job and your you know your flankers are doing their job it doesn't matter how good you are as a winger because the ball has to get to you so I suppose um what rugby taught me was the bigger picture about sport you know that mm. you need those six foot two people to jump in the line out you need those girls that are maybe a little bit stronger and carrying a bit more weight in the front row and you need your whippets out the wingers who can do their job and likewise you need people in the middle who have a bit of a I suppose more of a thinking game so when it came coming to come back to Gaelic football with Simonstown I suppose that's you know people talk about Simonstown for the last two years and how we've done so well and what was the difference and the difference is just that I suppose I would hope that I just made the girls think a bit more because I know that those girls there's there's thirty great footballers in Simonstown, but sometimes they just they think so quickly they just don't think about slowing the game down or playing playing the situation. So mm. yeah, I, I think it just made me aware that it doesn't matter how good you are as an individual if you don't bring the players around you with you, or if you don't work for the players around you, you can't win it by yourself. You know, and that's that old cliche, isn't it? There's no there's no I in team, and um, rugby's a really good game for that. It really makes you realize how important everybody is um you know we, we, we slag off the english when they talk about their their impact players coming off the bench but that's really what they are and, and i suppose in gaelic football we don't think about how important our bench is or how important you know the big thing i learned from rugby was especially over in richmond was that we used to train and there'd be like nearly 50 of us at training and some of the girls were only learning but the great thing about it was it meant that every night we could do a full-on training game mm. and i remember my my one of my seasons in england i really struggled to get into the first team at richmond and it was because a girl called Rachel Burford, who's one of the highest capped English players, was the other 12. And I remember contemplating, you know, what should I do? Should I change my club? And then I thought to myself, why would I change a club? Because two nights a week I get to run against the best 12 in, in Europe. Now I got to train against her and I got to tackle her. So that made my game better. So 
you know, that's the one thing I talk about with Simon's Town. You know, we're so lucky to have a junior and a senior team there because, you know, maybe the junior girls won't play the senior football, won't play senior football for us, but because of them, we train better because we can do a full-on training session. So I think you really realise the value of a squad when it comes to, to playing rugby and how important every player is, be it the most talented player or be it just somebody who's just there for the fun, how important they are for the team. Just very finally, then you know you talked about the, the you know things happening for a reason and all that kind of stuff. Is it is it possible that the fact that you you finished up playing with Ireland a little bit sooner than you might have expected has, uh, albeit there's been a bit of a, a couple of years of a gap between Simon Simon and the two seniors in a row, but that's allowed you to focus more on the Gaelic football and now you're you're seeing the the fruits of that labour. Is that is that one of the positives you you could take out of the the Irish um, kind of departure or is that stretching it a little bit? No, I, I definitely think you're right. You know, I so it was 2017 when I suppose rugby. I decided to, obviously I went to Canada for the summer, but I did kind of walk away from rugby, club rugby in 2017. I didn't play any club rugby uh, for Ireland. So in 2017, I went back to Simonstown, but like that, I, I wasn't. I think don't think my head was fully in it. And at that time, um, I suppose Simonstown had just been. We were up in senior maybe two years. They jumped from intermediate. Um, so I played a little bit but sure as I said like I had the touch of a donkey and I was not very good I really struggled with the game at the moment like I had the physicality and all that but I think I just I did really struggle with my touch and stuff and even though I'd been training training games are very different and I think then it was the summer of 2018 then we had a really good trainer there in Simon's time we've got we've a whole good squad there and and backup team and manager and everything but a fella called Porrick Farrell was over us and yeah, I just really enjoyed training and I probably got fitter and I was enjoying the training and the girls were good now and they were working hard and it was kind of that 2018 when I'd had a year of maybe not having the greatest touch and maybe not being the, the, the I suppose, not really being as sharp as I should be and that summer really helped and then, yeah, 2018 we got back and I was enjoying it and things were going well and obviously we won our first championship and as I said, I, I, I thought about leaving last year but sure, I said I'd give it one more go and then last year was kind of a dream the second year and then this year I definitely was on about leaving um, and I think I think Ronan decided he'd make me captain to kind of tie me in a bit longer but look <laughs> we'll see how this year goes um, obviously with Covid and everything that's gone on it's been a, it's been an interesting one but my priority is just to make sure that the club the club keeps 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 working and taking over you know I, I'm involved there with the underage and the senior girls have been have been really good during the COVID, and we've done lots of online zooms and stuff. So, yeah, like if 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 we win a championship, I'll be absolutely ecstatic, and I'll definitely be leaving. And if we don't win a championship, I'll obviously make sure that the squad and myself do everything we can to win it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's you. I think you realise as you get older, there's a little bit more to life than sport. As important as sport is, you realise that there's other important things as well. That's very true. Well, I'm uh, I'm not going to put too much money on you hanging up the boots, Rusty. I can see us talking in a year or two's time, and you tell him. Everyone keeps saying that to me. <laughs> well, I, I I think they might be right, but we'll just have to wait and see. Listen, Jackie, thanks so much for taking the call and for talking about okay. your. Uh, I know not a particularly fond memory, but really interesting to hear how you dealt with it. And it sounds like you you kind of just one of these people that brush yourself off and get on with things, which is probably the, the best way to go. But it's been really interesting That's talking it. to you about it. Thanks enjoy, so much. Enjoy the highs and don't 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 dwell too long on the lows. I say. 
Yes, Jackie Shields there talking about the time when she was dropped from the Ireland squad for the last time and how that phone call went and indeed how she picked herself up afterwards and went on from there. Really interesting stuff from Jackie once again and if you haven't had a chance to look at our Twitter feed you will see that photograph she's referring to there when she's tackling that big New Zealand girl and um, brought her down as well although in the photograph she's just grappling around her knees but a hell of a task to bring somebody of that size to the ground and uh, fair play to Jackie but that was her last appearance in an Ireland jersey and as we said there maybe had she known at the time she might have taken a little bit more time at the end of the match to look around but as she also said hindsight is a wonderful thing and uh, these things don't always work out as we would like that's just about it from this episode of My Worst Day with myself David Sheehan thanks again for listening and as I said the interviews with Andy McEntee Adrian Reid and Tim Clancy are available on the LMFM website the LMFM app or indeed wherever you get your podcasts I'll be back next week with another episode of My Worst Day until then have yourselves a very good week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.